traditional advertising methods like newspapers, flyers, etc., etc., will only get you so far. Testing allows you to figure out what you can do at each step, whether it be an advert, whether it be the offer on the funnel, the copy on the funnel, the call to actions on the funnel. You meet people where they are, tell them about their problem, we agitate them so that they want, want a solution, then we provide them a solution. Hi everyone, welcome to the next episode of the Ultimate Marketing Podcast with me, Sarah, Dee and Vish. Yeah. We're here today. Woohoo! Hi everyone. Hello! <laughs> <laughs> we love doing these. Like we just have the best time ever hanging out and chatting. We do, we do. And it is that it's just having yeah. a coffee. It is. See, Danita's even got a mug with her name on it. I have. Well, and look what it says on the other side. Yeah. Oh, uh, check you out. Promote you your business. You say it's well. tea or coffee, Dee, but we don't know what's in that mug. It could be like a vodka and Diet Coke for all we know. Got, yeah, it's got a bit, bit, bit of Baileys in there. Yeah. And a bit of- <laughs> we should actually do that. That'd be really fun, right, to do a, to do a podcast once we've, you know, cracked open the seal on a, a couple of bottles of uh, Make brandy. a Christmas podcast. Do our Christmas episode yes. with a bit of... Christmas cocktail party. Yeah. That'd be awesome. And also, uh, we could do a Halloween one as well. Mm. That'd be awesome. That'd be fun. Get dressed up. Yeah. Well, there, let's do Although that. you won't need to. Oh, God. <laughs> I want to go home now. Anyway, back to Sarah. Sarah. Yeah. Now, in all seriousness, today yeah. we've got a really exciting episode. We, me and Dee, are going to be interviewing our very own Vish Baba. To find out how he got into what he does today and what he actually does. Because we want to share with you what it is that Vish does so that if you need what he does, you can get in touch with him and get him to help you. So it's always interesting hearing people's stories. I know, like sharing my story, there was things about me that Dee and Vish didn't know. So I'm sure Vish is going to share some things about him that we don't know. So Vish, tell us, who are you? <laughs> what do you do? And how did you get into what you do today? Great questions. Um, thank you for can having me. Can I give me. you a little cheer first? Wait, let me give you a cheer because apparently you uh, you can't hear this, but I can. So here's a little cheer. <laughs> Have they finished now? Vish Baba is in the house. <laughs> awesome. I love it. That's basically giving me a drum roll before I jump on. So that's awesome. Thank you yeah. so much. Uh, thank you for having me on your podcast. I love it. Love being here. <laughs> thank you for inviting me. Um, yeah. All right. Dad jokes aside. Um uh, it's yeah, it's it, uh, it's weird being interviewed on your own podcast by your other co-hosts, right, um, Sarah? So I, I I kind of I'm gonna get how you felt on uh, on one of the previous episodes on, on on being interviewed, but yeah, hey guys, I'm Vish, um, and I specifically help uh, my customers find their customers online by helping them build an automated sales machine uh, that captures their customers and puts them into their business, um, and we do that using two main technologies the first is funnels and the second is adverts and that could be adverts on a variety of different platforms like facebook and instagram which is the same thing uh youtube uh, amongst other things and people usually get um confused or that their their go-to when it comes to um uh, to, to ask a question around what we do specifically is oh so do you do seo and, and google uh no it, it has a certain element of seo to it because we want to be able to have it so it's searchable, but we don't just rely on 
um, SEO and Google adverts because as we all know that that is a very very small percentage point of the uh, of the total marketplace only three percent if you reference Chet Holmes the ultimate sales machine right um, it's it's only three percent of your whole marketplace is actually looking for what you do at the moment in time that they're ready to buy so we help customers understand that there's a, a bigger chunk of the market that would be potentially open to them but don't know about them because they haven't been reminded of their problem at that point in time uh, and we we help our customers uh, kind of find out who those people are and, and target them and then capture them into into their ecosystem their their sales ecosystem um so yeah it wasn't something that i always did actually i was a uh, i was well, I yeah was, i was gonna say how did you get into this yeah it's there a long a story. story it's a story the story yeah, this is a, this is the story. So story. I actually know the story, but I just wanted yeah. to make sure he answered it because uh, yeah. I've known Dish for a very long time. Yeah, since I was young, I just had to put Ooh. that out there because he's a lot older than I am. So <laughs> a lot I knew that was older coming. Than yeah, I, knew that I had to get you back. I had to get you back for the Halloween <laughs> comment. Um, so yeah, like, um, how do I get into it? So I, I much like yourself, Sarah, I was corporate uh, and also UD. I was I was corporate for for many many years. Um, uh, working in um, like various sales and um, customer service management roles, um, you know, uh, specifically around people management. And that's when um, I started dabbling um, with uh, NLP, uh, which is Neuro Linguistic Programming. And I used it to, to help my sales agents uh, learn how to sell more effectively. Um, and then through that, I actually learned that I, I loved the whole NLP stuff and I wanted to learn more about it. Um, so I did some qualifications, got some qualies in that, and I yeah. um, I became a, a, a training manager. Um, so I then would train not just my own sales teams, because I, I was running very successful train, uh, sales teams, but um, you know uh, I was training other sales teams on how to do this. And uh, part of that remit, I was also recruiting people into the business. So using a lot of the uh, NLP uh, toolkit to help me do that effectively. Um, and uh, yeah, like obviously, like HR. Like when you said HR, that's a, it's a very similar. But you know, L and D is, is is part of a HR remit. Um, so we had that had that part in common, right, Sarah? Um, Definitely. And then, you know, years later, I just had enough, burnt out. Uh, had a had a life changing um, experience uh, where my my mum passed away, um, and I realised that you know I I, just, I was selling my soul, was leaving in the morning, coming back late at night, just wasn't having a good work-life balance and I wanted to kind of even that side of things out and I wanted to reach out and help people and work with people so I bought a business franchise um from people yeah I bought a franchise I was uh I was running a, a hypnotherapy clinic oh wow yeah right really amazing stuff the therapies were absolutely awesome and um, the only thing that didn't work quite as well was the actual uh, marketing side of the business um so I went and learned marketing. Uh, I, I learned Facebook ads and specifically click funnels or funnels. And you know, it's not just click funnels that you can build funnels or you can build them on a variety of different platforms. But at that at that point in time, I learned click funnels, and I was just like, "Wow, what is this? Like, wh where do I get more of this?" And I fully immersed myself into it. And Dee's smiling because she knows the story's going. All right, I was like, you know, fresh out of you know, fresh out of uh, uh, you know, college, as it were. Um, with with click funnels, I was like really like enthusiastic about it, trying to build funnels for as many as, pe as many people as possible, helping helping loads of, of friends and, and colleagues out. 
Um, and I, I built a funnel for a, a friend of mine, uh, Jesson, um, who was going through going through some similarly challenging times um, at, at that point in time as well. He's like, Vish, this is the last bit of money I got to my name. Uh, I need to build a funnel. I need to make some money. Uh, what can we do? Um, so we built a funnel for um, getting people into live events. Um, and off the back of the live events, he would then upsell uh, into his coaching and mentoring packages. Um, and I realized uh, a, a year or two later that I should have negotiated a, a kickback on this um, because uh, Jess went on to make over one point something million pounds off that funnel. Um, yeah, like, you know, just by, by, by selling the back end courses and stuff like that, the funnel was worth a lot of money to him. Um, mm. Off the back of that, he got to speak on stage um, at a couple of success resources events, like with Gary Vee, um, uh, you know, amongst other people. So it worked out really well for him. Um, and the conversation that I had at the time was, do I want to be running a hypnotherapy practice where you know I'm still exchanging time for money, or do I want to own a business where I can help more people not fall into the same trap I was? Because I was spending anywhere between three and four thousand pounds a month on lead generation. Uh, when I was running yeah. the hypnotherapy practice and not getting the leads into my business, um, only to be coached by the, the 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 franchise owners to say that I wasn't selling correctly. Um, yeah, um, coming from a sales and training background, I was like, no, that's probably not the case. Um, you know, putting all arrogance and everything to one side. So yeah, that's when I started the the agency. Um, yeah, and since then we've gone through a bit of a rebrand and like, you know, just in the process of changing the name over because I want it to be a bigger entity. I want to start growing and scaling what we're doing. Uh, but yeah, it's really, really interesting of how I got here. Um, still having the access to the NLP toolkit, we actually use it a lot with what we do with our clients, um, and not just our clients, but to help them get their clients as well. So yeah, it's really interesting stuff. That's That's a story of how I got to where I am today. So it's actually really similar to me, isn't it? Like corporate and then doing something like more health and well-being related yeah. and then realize you love the marketing of that thing more than you love the business that you're in and then yeah. transition over to marketing. Yeah, so absolutely. Like my background was like when I when I was at uni, I studied IT. Like, you know, both my qualifications were in IT, um, never used it. But obviously having IT as a background um, and then going into marketing, like it's all data led, like you're using systems online, like it's all, you know, it's all cutting edge. And now with the whole AI thing, you know, it's just it's just so amazing to to, to be a marketer in this day and age. Um, and there's so much space in the market. You geek out on the geek. Yeah, you? I geek out on the geek, right? Like, I love this stuff. Like, you know, when you guys get me talking about it, like, I'll never stop. Um, and so, yeah, I, you know, I, I just fell in love with it. I was like, this is what I want to do. Like, it really excites me, engages me. Like, I don't want to, I do want to help people, but... I think therapy was the wrong thing at the time. And because of where I was at a crossroads in, in my life at that point in time, it just made sense. But if I hadn't done that, I wouldn't be here where I am today. And I, I've got to be thankful for that. Yeah, every 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 decision I think you make is because it's leading to leading to a particular place. So, we're, so given the fact that obviously you are a marketeer, you're a geeky marketeer, yeah. um, what uh, like just tell us a little bit about your kind of ideal client and what specifically they come to you for um so just like hone in a little bit on that yeah so the, the ideal client is you know broken down and i've learned this into into two two um pots as it were right we help um we help like uh, coaches consultants uh, and you know physical bricks and mortar businesses like uh, you know, chiropractors, dentists, 
um, uh, you know, uh, this word always causes me problems, but I'm going to attempt the word anyway, estheticians. Oh, right. right? Okay. <laughs> Injection people, right? Um, people that make you look good, um, you know, because that's a, that's a big, uh, a big industry where people spend a lot of money. Um, yeah. And it's essentially where uh, we, you know, we, we, our ideal clients are people who um, are already charging their customers um, for a premium product or a service so they can afford to spend um, money on acquiring a customer because they generally have a long customer life cycle, you know, people that will come mm. back and repeat purchase from them. So they don't mind as much to have a, a slightly higher cost per acquisition at the start of the process because they know they'll make their money back. Um, and we can prove that using, you know, lead tracking and and, and uh, tracking throughout the whole life cycle for our customers. Um, but yeah. specifically around coaches, consultants, um, uh, you know, uh, it's a service-led businesses specifically. Um, yeah. And the process, so they would come to you. So what what kind of challenges would they be having that would that that you know that that point you are the solution for them? Right. So this is a really good one, and it's like it, it's taken me. You know, it, and it happens in every business, right? We spoke about this, I think, in one of the earlier episodes as well, like kind of distinguishing your clients and making sure your customer avatar as a business is correct as well. Um, but Ideally, we, we, we work with people who have tried marketing before and it hasn't delivered them a success, right? Mm -hmm. And the reason why we do that is because we want people to be open to the idea of spending money on recruiting customers and knowing that mm -hmm. word of mouth um, and traditional advertising methods like newspapers, flyers, et cetera, et cetera, will only get you so far. You know, mm -hmm. um, you know newspapers are so ineffective for, for marketing specific, yeah. you know, service-led products nowadays, you know. Um, I think today is... is I mean, you know, I, don't, I mean, obviously, I don't know the the impact of newspaper magazine advertising, but if you're not doing some form of digital ads, yeah, you are you're 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 well behind the time, right? Yeah, absolutely. And you know, leaflet drops are great, but you know, you only you know out of every thousand leaflets dropped, you're probably looking to get two or maybe three inquiries come out of it because all you're doing is you're going to a geographical area and dropping your leaflet and then hoping your leaflet isn't thrown out as a circular, which most of them are, you know. Um, so we. We reverse engineer that. We use platforms like Facebook and Instagram. Let's just look, let's just look at those two platforms because uh, it's easier to talk about them, and they're, they're just more widely known than the other platforms that we, we advertise on. Um, we we leaflet drop to people in your geographical area, but only those people that are potentially interested or will be interested in your product. So yeah. let's just look at like you know beautician estheticians, right? The majority of, of beauty clients are demographically women aged between a certain age. We're not going to go into age. We're not going to be that rude and, and say that. But mm. it's generally women that age between a certain age. So we can um, look at that as, as, a, as a customer um, avatar and then also look at like their, um, their, their, their behaviors online. Like, are they looking at beauty influencers? Are they looking at beauty products? And then really target them and, and get, um, you know, get leaflets at them. And then we find that they are way more effective than doing traditional leaflet drops than doing traditional um, newspaper articles. Because, you know, and, and looking at beauty, looking at dentistry, looking at chiropractic, looking at anything that's service-led, coaches and consultants as well. Like mm -hmm. what you find is that people are more often than not researching for, for these people online on their phone because, you know, and we spoke about this during lockdown. We were doing loads of lives during lockdown, um, and doing content around that, people were go people started to rely on this way more 
because mm. they were stuck at home. And so now, like, you know, average screen time in the last four years has gone up by um, 35 to 40%. Uh, people mm. were using their mobile devices more. Um, yeah. Even though that had a bit of a decline just after lockdown was opened up, but people have reverted back because now people work from home more as well. Um, yeah. So we 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 help um, our customers get to that point in time where their customers are interacting online, and we mm. do something to stop their scroll uh, and and come on on board and entice them to come and you know come down a bit of a rabbit hole um, mm. and, and and educate and, and inform and get them to kind of cross over the line and become a subscriber than a customer. Yeah. Yeah. So what kind of funnels do you tend to build, Vish? So like when somebody says to you they need a funnel, yeah. what's your like what kind of things do you build for people? So that's like I mean that's a that's a really good question again uh, and it's it's there's no one way to answer that. And I think the best way to, to answer that question is we build the right funnel for our client. Like we'll look at the whole process and like you know go, going through what we do for our customers, it's a it's a reverse engineered process. We always talk about funnels first. But actually, the first thing that happens in that in that customer acquisition cycle is actually an advert, right? You know, the adverts come out first, but we have to understand where the customer wants to be at the end. Like, what do you what do you want to achieve? Do you want to achieve a purchase? Do you want to achieve a subscriber? Do you want to achieve a phone call? Like, what is it? So we look at what the outcome is, and then we we work our way back, and we go right. So before you get to that point, is it um, beneficial to have like a call? Before the call is, it's going to be a webinar, and then before the webinar, is it a lead magnet? And then what kind of lead magnet? You know, we just we just advise you on how to build that, and you go away and build it yourself. So every funnel we build is specific, but it, it can be from you know direct to sale um, uh, uh, funnels if they're if they're selling like a physical product. We've done some physical products, um, you know, working in the uh, uh, in the fragrance space, which is really really interesting. Um, working with a couple of fragrance brands where we were selling their fragrances online and, and for that it was a direct sale um, uh, funnel that we built for, for, for these clients but then other clients like um, for example um, estheticians beauticians if you want to call them that um, we would we would build like a, a an offer funnel where they have to sign up and, and come in or dm and, and get into an offer so um, it they they vary so much some of our coaches and consultants find it much easier uh, to convert a customer once they, because um, obviously we want to expose them to their to their customer as much as possible, so they can build up that know, like, and trust um, as quickly as possible. So, giving them a lead magnet, getting them onto a webinar, so they're exposed to them for forty five minutes to an hour, they can really create loads of value for them and wow them with their content and their their their, their education essentially, um, and then get them onto a call and then sell them. So, yeah, we build all sorts of funnels really. I think there's a there's a clear difference though isn't it like you said you need to start with the outcome first and yeah. that's why because it's like you know uh, like you said for, for physical products it makes sense to go direct to sale yeah. because you know it's something that they want to buy there and then yes. it's a product that they want to have sent to them etc yeah. um just for people who don't understand and and I got a little bit confused there as well so you can probably help me too and that is you talked about a direct to sale and then you talked about an offer funnel what's the difference because for me a direct to sale is an offer I'm giving you something and so what would be the difference just especially for people who don't understand marketing as well so then they know why they would come to you yeah, like a direct to sell funnel is something where you can go and buy an an item straight away, and it's you know usually at a at a good price um, compared to the rest of the marketplace. Um, and 
the reason why we would do that is because there's a lot of margin involved in that product where they you know they can afford to spend the money and still make a bit of money and get a customer on board because that customer will come back and then purchase stuff from them again yeah. there's repeat purchases so we know that on you know over a year they're going so to be that buying. funnel would take them straight to the product, right? Yeah, straight to the product. So the landing page that would describe the product, all the pros and cons, you know, uh, problem, agitation, solution, which is the um, structure that we use for our landing, all yeah. our landing pages, actually. You know, we talk about the problem, we agitate them, and then we show them what the solution is. Um, uh, so that's, uh, that, that's the physical product funnel, essentially. Uh, but the offer funnel is actually... Um, we have to track one step back and go to um, the adverts and look at what the adverts are doing at that point in time. It's where they're talking about the product, but they're actually talking about a special offer. Um, you know, whether it be a, a, a beautician service where they're like, usually this um, this uh, service would cost you, I don't know, £500, but we're doing it as a special offer for you at £200. Uh, if you sign up today, DM us for more information or, you know, they care to sign up. So they're, they're two mm. very different types of funnels. One, you're, one, you're selling a product. Um, at the normal price or a slightly reduced price, but an offer funnel is getting a product with a with a high value at a at a greatly reduced price. It's a special offer, and those are generally run for very very small amounts of time because you don't want to get um, people used to you selling your service or product at fifty percent discount because then they'll mm. expect it at that um, at that level forever. Which is why. Platforms like Groupon and, you know, Woucher and all these other kind of um, like um, discount sites, yeah. you know, don't really work well for clients in the long term because they might get loads of people buying a voucher. But those type mm. of people, their buying behavior is I'm only going to buy it because it's on offer. And when it goes yeah. back to the normal price, they won't they won't repurchase it again. So they have a very, very yeah. short customer life cycle. And we found that by doing an introductory offer funnel, those those customers might not go on to do like a full 12 months they do like a nine month but they'll the customer our customer will make their money back over over a, a, a period of time with them yeah yeah hope that makes that sense makes... yeah yeah yeah, sense. yeah no it does yeah it does i mean like uh, even the offer funnel i would imagine is that could still be a direct to sale but it's just the fact that it's 50 percent off for example yes, absolutely yeah. um or, or it could be you know apply for the offer apply um, for the yeah, offer, yeah. It, it, you know we can we can change every step and the good thing about funnels irrespective of what platform you build them on is you can tweak that you can you can do a test and you can do a test to say right if i take them direct mm -hmm. to sale or if i give them to uh, an application or a dm or whatever it is what are my conversion rates yeah, um, yeah. because you know sarah you mentioned it last time you know market will decide the, the customers mm. will decide what works best for them. Um, and also what works well today isn't going to work well tomorrow. You know, we've all been in that position where we've done a bit of marketing and, you know, it's working fantastically. And all of a sudden you wake up like on a Monday morning and it just goes, <laughs> dive bombs, right? Um, yeah. So, yeah, like it's just, it's it's a strategy that we use. Yeah. yeah. I think that's so really important. Sorry. I was gonna one say, at I just time, really... One at a time, one at a time. <laughs> we've got so many questions for I know, you. Right? But I think that's a really important point that things change over time. So yeah. marketing is evolving constantly yes. and what works today may not work tomorrow. So that's also why it's important to have a funnel expert in your corner, because, mm. you know, what I've seen people do is something stops working and they give up on it. Whereas yeah. actually it just needs to speak to you and go, actually, this isn't working anymore. What do I need to do? Yeah. And it's then about testing something else isn't it so you talked about testing can you just talk a little bit more about testing because i think that's really important because when it comes to marketing testing mm. is one of the fundamental things that we need to do because we have to test what works 
and yes. you have to try like conversions, don't you, just to see what the best one is, but which one converts best. Can you just talk a little bit about that, and then Deidre, yeah. you can. Absolutely, and I, what what I like to do when I when I when I talk about testing nowadays is I I like to take it back a bit and go right newspaper testing or radio advert testing or TV spot testing. Right back in the days was nearly impossible to do live because you'd have to then get your data in, review your data, and then go right for the next quarter we're going to change our adverts and see what kind of response we get. And so your feedback loop was actually six months because. You'd have to wait six months to get two sets of data back before you could make a decision and go, oh, we need to change this. Which one's working? Yeah, which one's working, which one's not, right? Um, But now what you do with testing is because um, marketing is speculation, right? It's it's speculative um, in the sense that you don't know what's going to work and you don't know what price point your customers are going to buy your product at if you haven't already got an established business, right? Or if you're running an offer, or if you're running direct sale, whatever it is, right? You don't know what they're going to do on that platform with what you're building out. So what we do is we put out different hooks. We put out different adverts from the start um, to see which converts best. And this is why it's called a funnel because we open up um, your, your, your floodgates at the top, right? So we try and get as many people in at the top um, and then we proceed them to the next step and we proceed them to the next step. Testing allows you to figure out what you can do at each step, whether it be an advert, whether it be the offer on the funnel, the copy on the funnel, the call to actions on the funnel. When you change and you make micro changes, how they affect your conversion at every stage. Um, and that whole process, um, you know, that testing kind of ties into is called conversion rate optimization, CRO. Um, and what you're doing is constantly um, through a process of self-improvement and testing different strategies, but testing one thing at a time. Because if you make 10 changes and you go, oh, that's giving me a drop in conversion. Well, what was it specifically that did it? You know, that's one of the biggest mistakes people make. We'll talk about that later. Um, mm-hmm. is, is constantly testing it to then see which, which ones improve and which ones, which ones don't. So essentially what you're doing with testing is you're stacking the deck in your favor for that you know, um, uh, set of customers, for that advert, for that offer. And you're trying to replicate it and keep it going for as long as possible. Um, and by doing so, you build up a knowledge of what your customers would react to and what they want, won't react to um, and what they want as well. But then you then change uh, your messaging later based on those learnings to then build up different funnels and different offer funnels to then re-engage new customers back in. Yeah, because I think it's fascinating, like, you know, the fact that, like, a colour of a button can make a difference whether someone opts in or not. Yeah. A yeah. word you use on a headline can make a difference whether someone yeah. opts in, opt in or not. Yeah. So, again, that's why you kind of need people to help you because you don't necessarily know what is the thing that's going to make the difference. And it's only by testing that you can work out what it is that people react yeah. to. Yeah, absolutely. Just out of interest, does the Amazon colour still work? FF9900, yes, it does. That's the that's the hex code for it. I I geek out and stuff like that because I'm like, yeah, it does. Like, and you know, I actually want to get. I've obviously got some got some ink, got some tattoos. I want to get a hashtag FF nine nine zero zero on it. Like, but people are like, why are you doing something so stupid? And I'm like, well, yes, I think I think that's a very stupid. It's thing to funny. Do. It's funny, and it means something to me. Yeah, because it's true. The well, Amazon button does, but we we know what that means. Who's listening? So, what do you mean, Dee? I know the... we don't want to tell them, Sarah. <laughs> Yeah, some intrigue and some mystery around it. No, so the story behind that is obviously Amazon, you know, very famously have made and, and they've coined the concept. It's the three-step checkout, right? Select a product, 
go to cart, pay for it, and and have it delivered. Those are three steps you need yeah. to order something from Amazon. Really simple. Um, used to be more, but they optimized it down to those three steps, right? You search, you select, and you pay, and it's that's it, right? Um, but Amazon's brand colors um, were the orange. So over this um, long amount of time, we've conditioned people online to react to the orange button, which was the Amazon button, which is why it's called Amazon Orange, even though it's yeah. not, you know, Amazon it's Orange. Amazon orange. It's, it's FF. Yeah, 9900. Nine. You should know this now, Dee. We've spoken about it for years. Like, I've been hammering no, this. I, 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 I never know the hex codes. I just go Amazon yeah. Orange. <laughs> yeah, that's, I mean, now I agree with you when you say, Vish, you're a very details-orientated person. You like the minutiae. Yeah, I think I am. When I talk about hex codes, I finally get well, what you're saying. Um, exactly. That's why I'm like, uh, Vish, can you sort my funnel out? <laughs> yeah, yeah. What color are you using? You know, like, actually, don't care, Vish, just go and sort it out. Um, you sort it out. <laughs> but yeah, like, you know, but it also depends. Like, on some of them, it, it doesn't make that much of a difference. Like, some people mm. that their brands are a little bit different. When you put orange onto yeah. their page, it's like, Ooh, what's that? And the people add react to it. So, um, it's all about testing. Like, for some people, it does yeah. work, for some people, it doesn't. You know, we always use Amazon Orange as a starting point to test. Yeah. Um, establish a baseline and then we then go from there like there's so many weird and wonderful things like fonts you know what kind of fonts yeah. to use the weighting of fonts like do you yeah. write the the headline in caps or non-caps you know mm. um and sometimes we found like with um we're doing like the uh the higher uh higher end clients for like more um uh high ticket products um cap stock doesn't work like yeah. it doesn't like it's it's too shouty and it's not subtle enough for them um yeah and it would you know it all depends on the branding and and you know like it, there's so many things like, I, I could talk about yeah. it for, for for kingdom come and again but... it goes back into that whole thing isn't it like it you know when you're trying to do it all yourself without either learning or having somebody else do it for you yeah there are those kind of mistakes that you might be making that you do not even realize because it all looks good to you. You you look at it and you go, oh, that that looks great. That font looks great. Oh, yeah, I'll add capitals here because it stands out. Your intentions obviously have a positive, you know, your behavior yeah. has a positive intention, yeah, but yeah. you have no idea what that's leading to. When it comes to your audience, Fish, this is a question I wanted to ask was, obviously your audience of, like you said, dentists and S whatever. Titians. Right that one estheticians estheticians and chiropractors you say chiropractors as well so your your audience um what especially for them because they have obviously practices they have you know clinics those are the kind of things and that you said they have these high-end potentially um you know um products that are for um uh you know to improve you know obviously their their uh their look so what kind of funnels work well for them? That's a really good question. And and not one not one rule applies because obviously like the these these types of businesses have obviously different geographical locations. You don't have two dentists on the same high street next to each other or you know, whatever. So it all depends on the demographic of people they're attracting in that area, right? Now, would it be worthwhile for a dentist to invite NHS clients into their practice for paid adverts? No, it doesn't make any sense for them to do that, right? And and they've already they've already got their NHS clients. So for specifically private dentists, we figure out what kind of um, what their area breakdown is, what kind of customers they naturally attract, and we help them find more of those initially because those are the quicker wins, right? Now the way we do that using funnels is a variety of different funnels work, but what we found works quite well is an offer funnel. And bringing them in for a slightly cheaper product, something like a 
um, a dental exam or a hygiene visit, which they get at cut price. So it's obviously like giving their first visit away at a at a less uh, a less than RRP price, but they're still able to kind of justify that because the cost balances out. Um, and then when they're in the surgery and they're, they're wowed by the service, it's kind of saying, oh, look, you know, you might need some more work done uh, or book in another hygiene thing. Because, you know, with a hygienist, you're going to go back once every month or once every two months. Right. And so it's just repeat business. And then over the course of their life cycle, they're then, you know, they might have kids, they might have somebody else, they recommend other people. They generally end up giving them more money. Um, but, you know, for example, like the, the, the hygiene offer, the hygienist offer is one of the most successful funnels that we run for dentists. Uh, the other is Invisalign. Because uh, mm -hmm. Invisalign and the kind of braces stuff, um, big money, there's big margins to be made in it. So we can offer discounts and actually an offer stack um, which is what you see a lot more dentists doing now. Like they'll give you like a thousand pounds off your Invisalign, but they'll stack stuff up. So it actually makes the same amount of value at the end of it because you've, you've upsold them so many other things. Um, but yeah, again, you know, Invisalign works really well. Um, and there's, there's so many different things we can, we can do with that. Um, but yeah. it's really visual as well, right? When you, when you show somebody who's got not aligned teeth, teeth, manky teeth, right? She hasn't got manky yes, teeth, like a picture of a nice smile. Like, what, yeah. what kind of emotion does that stir up in them? This is what I'm talking about, like scroll stoppers, right? Like, yeah. someone who's got, a, you know, someone who, who talks like this because they don't want to show their teeth off, you show them something visual like that online, they're going to be like, wow, like, well, how, do I, how do I find out more about it? And they might not yeah. react to the first time, but the, the third, fourth, or fifth version of that ad, because mm. obviously we retarget, that we show them, they'll be like, I've got to do it, man. Like, enough is enough. I keep seeing all these lovely teeth in front of me i want some good teeth yeah yeah so and, and like uh, especially those kind of clinicians if you like because that's kind of in yeah. the field that they're in they are very used to these traditional methods of marketing aren't they yes. they're so used to putting an advert in their dental magazine or their chiropractor yeah. magazine or you know um and word of mouth and yeah. local walk-ins and things like that you know like yeah. yellow pages or version of it um, how, you know, why should, not how, why, why should they get into the game of digital marketing? Because I think this is important for them to know that, you know, before they get, before they become like late adopters, yeah. um, you know, how can we, how can you, you know, what, what would you say to those clinics or those, you know, experts, if you like, because that's what they are. Yeah. Um, that, digital marketing there is a place for them because a lot of them don't believe in it yeah and i think the, the, the clinician industry is changing uh quite a lot you know they they are uh, especially with the beautician clinicians as it were they they've obviously mm -hmm. relied on digital platforms to post uh and, and put their stuff out but paid for marketing is something that only recently has become a big thing for them uh mm -hmm. by, by realizing this but other other industries like dentists, chiropractors, et cetera, et cetera. Um, the reason why they should adopt it now is for speed. Um, it's mm -hmm. because usually it may take, you know, three months to acquire a customer, you know, by mm -hmm. the, the, the different touch points that they have to be exposed to. But yeah. by doing it digitally, you can expedite that process. You can get a customer onboarded within anywhere between seven and 10 days. You know, imagine mm -hmm. that going from three months worth of marketing spend to seven to 10 days worth of marketing spend. That means yeah. the customer starts spending money with you very much quicker compared to a traditional method. And yeah. from a business perspective, that's what it's all about. It's about yeah. getting the customer to 
to open up their wallets, you know, to, 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 to open up their wallet to get the money out and pay you with what, D? <laughs> pay you with moolah. With the moolah. Obviously not the dollar bills, but, you know, we use GDP yeah, yeah. over pounds, here. Pounds, pounds, yeah, pounds. But, well, yeah. dollars if you're pri pricing it in dollars, if you're yeah. watching this yeah. and listening to this. Uh, euros if you're pricing it in euros, wherever you are. Yeah. So, yeah, whatever the currency, whatever the right currency is for you. Yeah. But, yeah, Just, the whole idea is to get the, well, to scale and grow and profit, right? Absolutely. And um, whilst you're also at the same time serving more people because yeah. they need your help. Mm. Yeah, and, and, and unfortunately, you know, with, with practices like, you know, clinician practices with, um, you know, um, those service-led businesses they 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 often get bogged down with everything else they're like well if we just open it up here we put a signboard outside and we have a banner and you know we put up a flyer in the local church hall you know and we tell 20 people they'll go and tell 20 we go to a school fete you know they'll do it there that's great but that's just a touch point people people go to those places without the intention of booking in a service like that um, yeah. And so we go to the coalface and we meet people where they are and we, we tell them about their problem. We agitate them so that they <laughs> want, want a solution and we provide them a solution. And that's why the, yeah. the PAS strategy works really well. Yeah. Paz. Paz. <laughs> so, Vish, if um, people are listening and they want to find out more and talk to you and work with you, how yeah. can people find you? By sending a carrier pigeon out to me, uh, if they were doing it. No, no, I'm only joking. Um, the, the, obviously, you know, uh, the, the the best way to get hold of me is just by going to the website, which is Ignite Digital, and the 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 e in Ignite is with a three. It's ignitedigital.com. I had to be different, right? Um, so that's mm. I G N I T three digital d i g i t a l dot com uh, and you can see more information about what we've done and who i am or what we do for our clients uh, and there's a contact form at the bottom you can actually book in a call with me and we'll give you a social media deep dive so we'll look at what you're doing right now what kind of results you're getting um and uh, we'll go through a, a strategy that you can implement straight away so you don't have to you know it's not a sales call it is as a is a deep dive call we'll give you a strategy you can implement um and that would help you generate um a, an upturn in what you're doing already or start generating your first clients online um and then um you'll be in it for life because you won't want to turn wow. back and use traditional methods <laughs> cool. and just um like obviously you know because we're going to be ending this soon and again very similar to what we say to all of our guests is like oh my god we could have you go on for hours and hours and hours because there would be so much for you to for, for people to learn from you but what what if you were going to say the one again one biggest mistake that people are making with their funnels what would that be and you know you know why why yeah what would that mistake be and why are they making it oh my god there's so many different there's so many different things that people do. I think the, the top one, three. Top the, three. Okay. The, the 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 first most important thing for me is um, like it takes a village to raise uh, raise a child, as they say, right? And when people look at funnels, they only isolate it to like it's got to look good. So aesthetically, if funnels look great, people are like, "Wow, that's going to generate me millions and millions of pounds worth of business." It's not. The first funnel that I built for Jess was what we call a fugly funnel um right which means it's freaking ugly but it it encapsulated you know the the concept of problem agitation solution really really well you know putting people into problem state um stirring the pot a little bit and then showing them what they could have instead and then giving them a call to action on it 
So don't just rely on your funnels looking good. You've got to have a team behind it to, to write these things properly. This is what we do. We have we have designers that solely focus on design. They don't focus on copywriting. We have copywriters that focus on nothing but copy. They write in Word documents. They don't write on funnel platforms. Um, and then um, we then have our designers implement that into design. Um, and then most importantly, we have um, you know media buyers and uh, yeah, ad experts that run your ads for you. Um, that uh, that get the right type of client to visit your funnel um, and then convert. And then those people are also um, clued up and uh, experts in how to optimize your conversion rate. So they'll look at all the steps of your funnel and they'll realize what's working for you, what's not, and they'll help you start um, increasing the efficiency of your funnel. So those are three three things that people do that's wrong. Mm. Yeah. what's one do just to finish them what's one juicy nugget you'd like to share with people like one key tip or key oh, the, point that the, the most important thing when it comes to funnels and ads is start with the end in mind don't don't start with you know oh, i'm going to make a funnel like start with what do you want your customer to 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 be at the end do you want them to have spent a certain amount of money with you uh do you want them to be a subscriber do you want them to be on a call whatever that outcome is know it you know specifically um, from the start, so you can then reverse engineer every aspect leading up to that end point in your funnel. Because um, most people start the, at the start, they're like, "We want to have a funnel that looks all, all all singing and dancing," but you know they don't really think about what that funnel is going to help them achieve. So know what your outcome is, and then work your way back is the best way to design your funnel. And that's how we do it on our calls. That when we onboard a customer, we always go, "Right, what do you want?" We're, we're like, "Oh, we want a funnel." No, 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 I'm not talking about your funnel. What do you want from your customer? And they're yeah. like, oh, we never thought about that. And then we have a whole, you know, a whole process around that as well. Yeah. To start with the end in mind. Start with the end in mind. Yes. If you are a dentist, a chiropractor, or an esthetician. Someone who puts injections <laughs> into people. Get in touch with Vish. And obviously his contact details are in the show notes as well. Yeah. Thanks, Vish. It's been an absolute pleasure finding out more about you. Thank you for and having me on your welcome. podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Come back again. Come back again. I'd love to. I'd love to come back again. (laughs) Uh, Listen, remember to subscribe to the podcast as well, the Ultimate Marketing Podcast. You'll find it on YouTube. So just put it in the search and we will come up. You'll see our beautiful faces. Um, So make sure you subscribe. And obviously it's on all of the platforms, Spotify, Apple, Stitcher. Those are the only three I remember. (laughs) And YouTube. We're on YouTube too. So if you want to actually watch us, rather than just listen to us you can find us on youtube we'll be back soon for another episode so stay tuned and as d says just give us a like a comment or a subscription we'd love to have you subscribe and listen to us on a regular basis so yeah and also share it with anyone that you feel will learn from it will get value from this share it and uh yeah make sure you uh spread the love so thanks vish it's been a pleasure see you all soon. soon bye